Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Hello and welcome everyone to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I'm your host, Lindsay McCowan, and it's such a pleasure to be here again. You know, when I was listening to the the lead in to the show, I had my eyes closed and I was just centering myself and breathing. I was like, wow, I get to do this. I get to do this. And I had this moment of like, oh, emotion that flooded through me like this. And that the that emotion of like this is what I'm called to do, one of the things I'm called to do. And I feel so blessed to be able to do this. So I appreciate everyone that's listening today and, and the extraordinary guests that come onto the show every week. And we have yet another one today joining us, but I would first like us to do what we always do. It's so important for us to take a moment in our day just to stop and pause and breathe. Our, we live such busy and hectic lives that we forget who we are all the time. We get wrapped up in all the doing and all the tasks and all the labels that we're supposed to be fulfilling the roles. And so as women, it's important for us to take this moment to stop whatever we're doing and close our eyes, place our hands on our body and take a deep breath in and out. And maybe perhaps for you, just coming into what I just said and say, I get to do this. I get to live this life. I get to choose how I want to live this life. I get to choose where I put my attention. I get to choose what I believe. I get to choose the actions that I take. I get to fulfill my calling if I have the courage and the bravery to listen to it. So let's take a couple of deep, full belly breaths. I get to do this. I get to live this life. And just noticing how that feels in your body when you breathe into the body and breathe into that message. I get to live this life. And this is one of the reasons I'm so excited about having Ruth Younger on the show today because she is living her life. And she's the epitome of living that life unapologetically. And so you're welcome to stay here and breathe this way as long as you like. But I do want to introduce author and speaker Ruth Younger onto the show because she is keeping an eye out for the daily miracles that reminds her that she gets to live this life. But she gets to live it as a strong, healthy woman and to remain open and filled with curiosity and this ability to really try new things, this willingness to try things that can be scary, that can be daunting. And it's her mission to help people find humor everywhere and embrace the reality that your personal happiness is an inside job. And there's simply no way of getting around that. So Ruth is an author, a humorist, a memoir- memoirist. <laughs> and at the age of 73, she's a fledgling model and she has lived an amazing life all over the world. And she has incredible stories and a great perspective on how to live vivaciously. And she's written about this actually in her book, Baby, I'm the Boss of Me. I love that title, Baby, I Am the Boss of Me. And she's also written two other novels uh, or books, Surviving Paris. And I just can't wait to dive into this conversation because our culture is so obsessed with staying young and, and many women feel the pressure of uh, 
that comes with aging and starting to feel invisible. So Ruth, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. How are you this morning? Oh, I am feeling, like I said, I'm feeling so blessed and so, you know, to have you on the show and to be able to have all these conversations with so many amazing women that say yes to coming on and sharing their unique insights on what it means to really thrive and sometimes a world that really wants to deny thriving to women. (laughs) Oops, I'm grand. Oh, there we go. Sorry. So, you know, our culture is very obsessed with staying young and many women feel as, as they age, that they become less beautiful or valuable and seen, and they actually start to feel like they're starting to become invisible, but you are making yourself very visible. And (laughs) and so (laughs) I'd just love to dive in and say, what is your viewpoint on, you know, on aging in an ageist society and how can women start to change that paradigm so that they're not feeling invisible, but they are actually visible and heard. You know, I, I credit growing up in a big family and I'm one of the older kids in this big family with learning how to shout to be heard. That's what I say now is, you know, this whole business of, I feel invisible. Well, first of all, like you were saying, Lindsay, that this is an inside job. So it has to come from you first. And truly I recommend practicing in front of the mirror talking back to somebody or something. The other day, some man appeared unexpectedly at my front door. I thought it was my neighbor, but anyway, it was somebody else. And he was very upset about something that I had no control over. But anyway, as I turned to get my boots to go outside and check what was going on, he called me babe. And he was a, he was a nice man. It was nothing, you know, but that's what, I think he was a little tipsy. Um, and he called me babe. And that just went through me like a knife, like, who the heck do you think you are calling a perfect stranger, babe? You know, so I whirled around and, and, you know, said, you just call me babe. And we went on from there and smoothed it out. His name was David. (laughs) I told him my name, but I think every time a woman feels, can feel that they're getting insulted or ignored or over somebody tries to slip in front of you in line or who comes next, you know, when there's three people in front of the deli thing and who comes next The woman says, and you never see the older women, especially sort of saying, I'm next. You've got to start. We have to start doing that, you know, and make sure you do come next. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) you can also not necessarily come next and pull, as I say, once in a while to myself, you're just pulling the age card here. And it's like, right on, babe, that's babe. That's sort of, I can call myself babe. Um, that's sort of the ticket, you know, but it's, it's, it's a total respect for yourself. And, and again, trying to look younger or all that. I don't, I think a lot of women nowadays aren't so much, it's not so much we're trying to look younger because that just looks ridiculous unless you have some sort of idiotic idea of what your looks actually are. We're just trying to look the best we can look. And we have, you know, tools at hand that we can use. And if you want to, fine. And if you don't, if you're a woman who doesn't believe in Botox or exercise or watching your weight or looking happy when you're out in public or, you know, a facelift, God forbid, any of those things, fine. But keep it to yourself. Don't push down other women who are working hard at remaining upright. When I see a 90-year-old woman walking down the street, a 90-year-old woman and man, either one walking down the street, beautifully dressed and erect, you know, not leaning on their grocery store cart and all that kind of stuff. I have total respect for them. 
that's hard work. It's hard work. Just, I'm going to get up from this chair at the end of this and walk bent for about four steps until I can totally straighten myself back up. It's up to, it's up to women. It's up to, it's up to us to yeah. age graciously. I have other, I have other tricks too, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, you know, it sounds like it starts with this ability, like, okay, to really stand in front of that mirror and see yourself clearly and not to really pull apart all of the, the beauty that is actually there and nitpick it yeah. apart, but actually be there. And in your posture has a lot to do with our confidence. Yeah. Like if you're hunched over, you know, you're, you're, you're collapsing in the chest, you can't take a deep breath. You're like, protecting your heart. So if you can lift up and walk erect and really start to take a deep breath into the chest and walk forward, it really can change how you feel and how you're presencing yourself with others. And what I hear you saying is that there's so many women out there that beauty is different for all of us. And that if we just can define what that is for us and then own it, there will become this, this shift in our belief systems around around ourselves and how we're presenting ourselves in the world. Is that, am I getting that right? You're getting that exactly right, Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, the heart opener, and we know that from yoga, from back bends or any of them, the heart opener, I always remind people too, it's, 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 it's an antidepressant, you know, it, it breathing in. I mean, I, I make sure I do that every day and it's not that hard. None of this is that hard. I understand that I have a lot of personal confidence and I always have. I think I told you before, I was a constant new kid. And so growing up, and so I, number one, subliminally and subconsciously learned how to read a room for one thing, because I knew I had, in order to survive at the new place, I had to see how it was done there. So it's kind of like surviving, arriving at the age of 73, God forbid. When I turned 70, I totally freaked out. And then suddenly I was 71, 72, 73. Oh my God. That's when I discovered or suddenly really understood the true meaning of the word ageless, because I have to stop and think how old I am. And then if that number freaks me out, I drop it like a hot potato. I mean, it's like, don't even go there. Don't start saying you can't have a pet because you might not out, you know, it might, you might die before the pet, a new pet. I went through that a few weeks ago. I don't still have the new pet. (laughs) I'm working on it. So it sounds like it's just really like just live in the moment and don't project your fears about the future onto yeah. the present moment. Like this, if you are feeling inspired to go out there and get that pet, then get the pet because there's a part of you that knows that you need that animal with you there. And there's always ways that, you know, what happened, you know, a home, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I also say, as you get older, wear lipstick, <laughs> make sure your eyebrows are darker, just so that your face stands out and, and, and that you don't, you know, are, and make sure you exercise and drink water. Every, all of that, as one gets older, it keeps your body looking fresh so that when you look in the mirror, you'll like what you see. And so that when you go out the door, you know, you look just great. And so if somebody makes you mad, you don't have to stand by there feeling invisible. You can instead thrust that beautiful watered down body and fresh face in their face and say, do you just call me babe? You know? Yeah. It, so again, it's, it's, it feels scary. It does feel scary. I mean, you have to learn how to jump off cliffs 
in in your life, you know, taking the new chances. And and it, I don't even think it necessarily helps to remind yourself, well, what would I have done at 16? You know, at 16, I was like a slob. <laughs> Just, you know, I don't, I don't even want to, you know, but it, it, if you've lived in the same place all your life, you're going to have both uh, hands up because you know everybody and everybody knows you. So you're not the new kid in, on the block. But if you're used to moving around, you can walk into the new place, including getting older, which is a new place. Um, with confidence or certainly knowing that one day at a time, one step at a time, you will get closer and closer and closer to wherever it is. Of course, there's no end to the journey, (laughs) you know, wherever it is you need to do to make yourself feel viable and be happy. The whole point of living is to be happy and maintain a sense of humor. And if you don't have one, go find one. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, seriously. Well, it reminds me of my mom is always telling me that aging is not for sissies and you have to have a sense of humor um, because, you know, it really, things really start to happen pretty quickly. You know, I'm 51. So, but I've noticed in the last three years that there's been rapid change, changes in my body. Whereas, you know, the previous two decades, it's pretty much the same, pretty much the same. And then all of a sudden, whoa, like overnight, you start to see things and feel things differently. And so it can be really uncomfortable, but at the same time, you have to have, like you said, a sense of humor about it because you know what, it's just going to, you're going to continue to age. And so how do you maintain your sense of humor? (laughs) Is it something you've always had or is it something... Yeah, my family is very funny, or we think we're very funny, <laughs> but it's anecdotal. You know, it's at the moment, and one of my greatest joys is when I'm in Paris is to make an act, get an actual Parisian, you know, and I'm speaking French to them, very bad Belgian accented French, to get them to laugh that they actually catch my joke. That's a triumph for me. Or if I'm talking to, I suddenly strike up a conversation with, or well, try to, for whatever reason, I want to make a comment about something that's just happened to the side over here. And I think it's funny to the person next to me, who's maybe a stranger, if they get it, I just immediately love them. And my, they're my best friend. If they don't get it, I write them off to, oh my God, this person has no sense of humor. Can you imagine living with that person? You know, yeah. I mean, you spill your coffee. The first thing you do is you scream and yell, and then you say, wait a minute, get a grip. Is this the other thing? See, the other thing about happiness and a sense of humor, Lindsay, as you're getting older, is I believe it affects your organs. You know, we're always staring at our face or maybe what our body looks like. Meanwhile, like our skin, you know, the skin on our, wait till wait, you see what happens to skin on your arms. Anyway, um, and you can't fix that really. I, w- I went up at, at the end of an Ashtanga thing and I was went up on my, uh, you know, um, shoulder stand. And I glanced up at my legs and no, it wasn't my legs. It was my, my stomach, you know, my, my hardworking stomach. And, I, and it looked a little pouchy. And this thought went through my life, my head. Oh no, look at your stomach. And I could practically feel my stomach saying, Hey, I just put you went with you through an entire hour and a half of Ashtanga with my core really engaged just for you. And now you're not happy with me. You know, it's that it's that type of thing. It's you know, have conversations with your toe, or <clears throat> I bang my finger. I think we all automatically kiss it. You know, mm, oh my goodness. Well, think about your insides too, because that's where it starts. And then I also said to my skin one time, 
you're the hardest working organ on my body. We all know that, you know, because it gets beat up from the sun. And so it's, it starts looking a little weathered, you know. I'm telling you a lot that I'm very happy with it. <laughs> I love how you're having a conversation with your body parts because, you know, women do judge themselves and because, you know, they've been taught to judge themselves because society judges our bodies, especially as it ages. And so, and then we, you know, I remember when I was doing yoga, this was like <clears throat> 10 years ago, I was on a downward facing dog and I had shorts on. And I remember seeing one dimple on my thigh and I was like, oh my God, what's happening. I'm getting out of shape. And then it's like, really? I look at my legs now. I'm like, well, I'm not even going to try to count them. But it's like, I'm gonna look. <laughs> and so I love this idea. Like, okay, like you, we have that, that conditioned, like w- almost like a default system to immediately judge. But I love how you come back and like, oh, you know what? Your body is saying, Hey, I deserve some respect. I've been yeah, with you. Yeah. I've been with you your entire life. I'm working right. hard for you. I deserve yeah. some love and respect because it's the, it's the most long term relationship that you'll ever have in your life. <laughs> I, I, like, I like to say who, who has known you, who did, who have you known the longest in your life? And the answer is yourself. Absolutely. Uh, I've known me longer. That face is, you know, good. I always, I also get up in the morning, walking in this morning, got up at four 30, whatever it was, and walked into the bathroom, turned on the light and then made myself some <laughs> grimace into, you know, a smile into the mirror because it sends the serotonin to your brain and says, Oh, okay. I'm in a good mood this morning. Yeah, that's right. You're in a good mood this morning. Yeah. And I love that exercise. I often share that with my clients, like just start by smiling, look yourself in the eye, smile, and then say your name. Like for example, Lindsay, I love you. Lindsay, I love you. I haven't done that. I'll do that. Yeah. Because I've, I learned a while back that it's, we love the sound of our own voice more than anyone else's. And we love the sound of our own name. So we just say our own name and then I love you. And it, at first it doesn't feel comfortable. And there's days I look in the mirror and I'm like, Oh my God, (laughs) really? Yeah. Lindsay, I love you. But if you you take your advice and you stand up tall, you take a deep breath in and you say it, then all of a sudden like, Oh yeah. And then those words, and looking yourself in the mirror and smiling at the same time, you're getting that, that yummy, uh, yeah. release of yeah. hormones into the brain, the serotonin. Exactly. And if so, you can clasp your hands behind your back and kind of stretch that way without wrecking your neck at my age, we have to be conscious of our neck. I had a facelift and, and I had my neck done a little bit. And I said, he said, well, how much do you want on your neck? And I said, well, I, I, I do yoga and I drop my head back. And so I don't want you to do too much because I want my neck for yoga more than I want it for, you know, the facelift thing. And he said, okay. Yeah. 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 And so, so that head back. <laughs> yeah. And I'd love to maybe talk a little bit about that because, you know, as women, we have so many different ideas around doing, you know, cosmetic surgery and what that would mean. And I'd love to hear your perspective on it. When we come back, we are already up to our first break. So we'll see if we can hold on to that bite, that bite. <laughs> I'm just putting two words together. I often do that. We'll just, I'll define it later. Okay. So <laughs> you're listening to women thriving unapologetically. And during this break, perhaps going over to herfestival.com. Now her festival is an extraordinary gathering of women of all ages that celebrate our beauty, our power, our connection to earth. And it's occurring 
May 4th through 8th in the wild and inviting mountains forest of Rangeley, Maine. I'm actually going to go. It's going to be my second year there because I absolutely love this gathering of women. And so be sure to go to herfestival.com or check it out at herfestival on IG, on Instagram. We'll be right back after this short break. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. We're having an incredible conversation with Ruth Yunker. And before the break, uh, we started the conversation around cosmetic surgery. And we've been talking about how to age vivaciously and you know, I have my, my opinions on cosmetic surgery. And I really want to hear from Ruth because we do live in this misogynistic culture and this ageist culture. And, um, some women believe that the cosmetic surgery is really there to kind of prey on the, the women that, um, the, this idea that we have to look a certain way as we age and other women are like, no, this is like, this is how, this is just me embracing my way of embracing aging. So I really want to hear what your perspective on it is, Ruth. (laughs) I one time had a woman look at me and say, well, of course you look good. You work on it. And she was a total mess. I don't like this woman, I'll admit, and I will never, ever like her. But anyway, and I, and, and I said, yes, I do. That's right. You know, I want to stand up straight. I don't gain a ton of weight and all that stuff. The um, one of the chapters in my book, Baby, I'm the Boss of Me. Oh, let me first say men do cosmetic surgery, too. So and men are worried about aging just as much as certainly my generation. They are, you know, we're all from the 60s. And, you know, we were all like life ends when you're 30. And we've been proven wrong. And, you know, but um, one of the chapters in my book um, is about getting a facelift, but more specifically telling your grown daughter you're going to get a facelift. And because our grown daughters don't like it. 
when we say that to them, not one of them, your sons don't mind. It's like, whatever you want, mom, whatever, that's fine. But daughters just, the mind had a freak out and she said, well, you said you're going to age organically and naturally and what happened? Oh, but you know, now you're going to have an, a facelift. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and I, and she said, I'm never going to have a facelift or anything like that. You know, and I looked at her and, you know, she was all 25 years old. So she had a 25 year old face for pizza. I'll, you know, I'll never do you wait, you know? <laughs> and it's, it's, it's one of those things that we all stare in the mirror at our face and we all, and there's not one of us out there that doesn't obsess over whatever it is we don't like. In fact, one plastic surgeon I went to said, he said, you know, you're just because he was saying, no, I'm not going to do whatever it was I was asking about. You don't need it and I'm not going to do it. So there's plenty of plastic surgeons who are like that. And he said, we look in the mirror and we immediately focus on what it is we don't like. I've got lines on the tops of my lips and I've never smoked. And I just hate those lines. Uh, 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 there's nothing you can do about them. Everyone has said that it's your bone structure and you talk a lot. And that's why they're there. Nothing's going to ever get rid of them. You know, so I try to make myself focus on my eyes, which are my best quote unquote feature, you know, and not look, not, I mean, that rang a bell with me, focusing on what it is we don't like. I think we carry that out in the world. But um, I knew my daughter had come around the day years later, and she's a, you know, a lawyer and um, absolutely wonderful. But she said, you know, rather sheepishly, Mom, uh, <clears throat> I think I'd like to do a little Botox. Where do you get yours done? <laughs> and she was older now. You know what I like about Botox and the frown lines? If people want to do, and I have both friends on both sides that do nothing and do everything. They both look beautiful to me. Um, the thing with Botox getting this stress mark out of the, your forehead, when you look in the mirror and you have a calm forehead, I think that also brings calmness in. So if anything, I would always say, try a little Botox between if you have a big old stress mark there you know, or don't frown, as my mother would say. In her day, it was don't do the actions that'll make it happen. Now, the other problem with facial stuff is you have, I believe you need to keep your body in shape more than you need to do anything to your face. So that everybody has control over. That can be perfectly free. And, you know, what I'm getting to is um, cosmetic things to the face cost money. So if you don't have the money, it's not an option for you. I still, I go into, you know, first of all, please don't resent the people who can do it, but also keep your health going, keep your, your body in shape, exercise, drink water. And when I chose to go on hormone replacement treatment and, um, and that was 18 years ago, and I, for me, it worked very well. I didn't, uh, the reports that hormone replacement treatment, that big study that was done in about 2002 has been debunked. So look at it further. I, for me, believe it helps your skin. It helps your bones. And it, it just, I can tell when a woman's gotten to her seventies or eights and she's not using hormone, I can see it on her skin. It just doesn't have that, some of the freshness, freshness it could have. Now, if you don't want to do it, don't, oh my God, or if there's any kind of history in your family. But I'm just saying, don't just automatically push that one to the side in terms of that's part of what I'm doing for my agent. Yeah. And what I love about this conversation, because personally, the I don't subscribe, like for me, and of course I'm 51, who knows what I want to say in 20 years. I, I, I know you might be like <laughs> pointing your finger. Like, I told you so. But 
you know, I always question is, is like, am I, is it just another thing that, you know, I'm, I'm unable to really see myself and love myself with how I'm aging and what I'm looking like with each and every passing year. And I'm wanting to change that because I want to fit in and be seen and valued more. Or is it just simply because I want to, it's just something that's going to make me feel better. And what I want women to understand is it's your choice. If it makes you feel good and you, and you're doing it because not for someone else, but you're doing it for you and you know, that's aligned with you, then trust that. But I also feel like, oh, if you're doing this because you're, you know, you feel like you have to do it in order to fit in or to be loved or to be valued or feel like you're enough, then I would say, let's, let's do the inside out job first and then see if it's, if you still feel that way. And I really loved how you said, like, when you were talking to your, uh, the plastic surgeon, like, okay, I, yoga is more important to me. Being able to move my neck and move my body in a particular way is actually more important. I still want to have this, but this is what, you know, and taking care of my body, drinking the water and doing the exercise is more important. But then for you, it's like, okay, this is, this works for me as well. And don't judge me for it because women judge, we judge each other all the freaking time. And so we're worse, we're worse than, than men are, you know, and I think the, the judgment makes us more ugly than the, the wrinkles. (laughs) It makes them all over your face. (laughs) And you can see with women and men that the ones that people that don't, that just don't smile. I mean, I've been accused of smiling too much. You know, like on my Instagram, do you ever not smile? One of them said, said, one of the things said, I want to see pictures of you not smiling. You know, I put a few of those in. What I look like is like, I'm thinking, how are you? (laughs) Jerk, you know, or whatever. But um, it's... It's, 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 it's odd, this whole aging thing. The other thing about it is I didn't expect to feel like this myself at 73. I totally am a victim of feeling that 70s is carrying things just too far. And, and it kind of is in a way, you know, except that I also find, because I remember with my parents too, they both, they were relaxed about the whole dying thing (laughs) after that one, you know. And they kind of shrugged their shoulders about it. And I saw them both through their deaths, you know, and it's going to happen. And I find as I get older, I'm less freaked out about it. I'm not freaked out about it. I remember when I was about 12 saying to my father, I'm worried about, about dying. You know, I'm 12. And he said, well, I'm 42 and look, I'm still here. And I'm not worried about dying. So you have nothing to worry about, you know, like that, that kind of thing. It's, it's worrying. Or women who are looking for a partner and they're worried they don't look good enough for the man. You know, trust me, there are men out there rushing out there to have their facelifts, too, if they're suddenly single. <laughs> and they dye their hair that terrible orange color. Oh, you guys, if, if any men are listening to this, that orange just does not make it. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you uh, fear about aging then? What are you most well, now that of? I'm here, see, I have aged. I mean, 73 is aged. I'm, uh-huh. I'm, you know, so I don't, I, I don't fear it, but I would not like to suddenly have some sort of diagnosis that's going to kill me off sooner than I expected, you know, unexpectedly, or a very painful kind of long drawn out death. Someone the other day asked me if I had any advice for someone she's older now, and she's been very healthy. And suddenly at 75, she has a 
very bad health issues going on. What kind of advice did I have for her? And that stopped me in my tracks because I don't have bad health. I've always had good health, knock on my glass table here. Um, and I, I didn't have the kind of advice like, oh, smile in the mirror and you know do all those things. That's a whole different story, um, the being ill and unhealthy. And the other one is people who simply don't have enough money. That's, you know, that's also, I do know a woman though, that when her husband died, I think I told you this before, and he died, the best room in her house was the living room. So she moved her master bedroom into the living room and made that her, her haven. And when we have dinner over there, it's in the kitchen or in her old, in the old bedroom. And it's that kind of turning your life upside down, seeing it differently, the same thing, but reframing the story, you know, um, it just changed her and it didn't cost her anything. But the, so I don't, I mean, and also part of what I've been going on about is, you know, the minute I feel a fear like that, I stop myself. And I mean, I've had plenty of surgery, a surgery, plenty of therapy, plenty of things have gone wrong in my life, you know, climb up above. And the minute I fear something now, I say, you know, um, do you really need to fear? Are, are, is that what you're afraid of right now? <clears throat> you know, what is it? Or do you have a plan B if plan A doesn't go right? Or I talk myself out of it. I talk myself down from the tree because I, I don't like to feel unhappy or down or especially afraid. I have low-lying anxiety about things all the time. I put my taxes off again. <laughs> Just got so good. <laughs> we were yeah. meant to eat, Lindsay. I, have, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about, right there. Yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> about taxes, they never go away. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is this. You know, this. You know, when people are asking you for advice, and I mean, what I was kind of seeing as you're talking about these, this, the woman that you know has this diagnosis at 75, and this other woman who's lost her her husband, and then with your own fears that come up, is that this ability to stop for a moment. And kind of feel into what the fear is and then have a conversation with that fear. Like, okay, is this like a real fear? Like here right now, is my life threatened in this moment? Right. And then, and then have a conversation with it, like really give it space. Like, okay, I'm really afraid of this. Mm-hmm. And now let's, and, and what's the worst case scenario? And do I have a plan for that? Right. And then if you have a plan for it, great. Then, okay, fear, just go away. Cause I already, I got, I've taken care of that. And if you don't have a plan for it, then what would the plan be? Like, what would you, what would be the next step for that? Yeah. And see, the other thing is having a good psychological awareness of yourself. If you can afford therapy and you've never had it, go get some for Pete's sake. It's it's really amazing. It's remarkable how it can turn. It certainly turned me around to seeing myself, you know, what one time I was saying, well, this person did that, that person did that, the other person did that to me. And my therapist said very calmly, well, who is the common denominator in all of these? That was me, you know. But that gives you power, knowing what your part in it is, you know, because you can you can at least change that part. But yeah, the 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 constant battle with it just gets irritating. I just I just get out the ice cream sometimes and turn on my favorite show that I'm streaming. And, you know, that's what I do. That's how I solve the issue. I go to bed early or I, you know, I mean, there's so many, I jolt myself out of that, that fear to also, cause to ask yourself, I finally noticed one time I'm really 
back then, not now. This was like about 25 years ago when I really had things changed abruptly. But um, is how comfortable was I feeling negative? How comfortable was I going always to the bad thing? You know, I'm very comfortable, very comfortable with that. Like, oh, poor me, you know. I mean, who wants to be a victim? And the only one who can save you from that from within, not talking about society out there and not like, I don't listen to the news first thing in the morning. I mean, I'm appalled. So many things are going on and also I'm hopeful that other things are going on. But to why do you ask yourself, why am I gravitating towards negativity all the time? Because I think that certainly I can get in the habit of then the day starts off wrong and my glass of water doesn't taste right. You know, my phone, I dropped it and I cracked the screen, you know, oh my God, life is, you know, I, it, it, I think it, it's a habit and I have been working really on trying to stay positive, you know, and see the good side because everybody can find the negative, find the damn positive, just, just make yourself do that. There's a style of thinking people think it's, it's stupid, to, to be happy and cheerful, that you're not aware. Oh, well, okay, I'm very aware of all the terrible things that are going on in the world. What can I do about that? Absolutely nothing except to put good vibes, my own positive vibes in my own world with the people I know personally. I write, so that's what I give out. And, and give that, and that has to be enough. It has to be enough for me, and I have to believe that. So I also believe that there's nothing wrong with being 73 years old. (laughs) And I I absolutely, you know, I can so relate to this, what you said, that how comfortable are you with being negative? Because my tendency is to be really negative, and that's just how I've been most of my life. And it is a constant practice to shift that narrative. And, to, and I do think that takes a lot of awareness of who you are and your patterns. I'm like, oh, and when I get tired or I'm not well-fed, right. that, that could be food or that could be emotionally well-fed, then I can see the tendency to become more negative. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Like we're, our default system is towards the negative because we it's just all around us all the time. Everything mm-hmm. focuses on the negative. Yeah. And so- we have to really be diligent about like rooting ourselves into like, no, this is who I am. This is what I know to be true. And yet that doesn't mean that we are bypassing all the things that need to change in our lives, but we're like, okay, what can I do in this moment? What can I contribute to change the frequency within myself and within my community and trust that that's enough. And that can lead to bigger and better things. If I stay consistent with that and invite other people to do that as well. Right. It's not even, you know, it's not even so much leading to bigger and better things. It already is a bigger, better thing. It is the best way you can be or I can be. And, and, and that is gold. It's totally gold. It's, 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 you know, I mean, what can I say? (laughs) Well, I feel like we're going to have a lot more golden nuggets to bring in. Um, We're up to our second break. So Let's take the short break. Don't go anywhere. Unless, of course, you want to go to Women Thriving Unapologetically Facebook group where you can join 
the behind the scenes where you get to watch what's going on during the break, where you actually get to post questions and have a little bit of an after party after the live radio is over. So that's Women Thriving Unapologetically Facebook group. And we'll be right back after this short break. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are having a conversation with Ruth Yunker. And now, Ruth, yes. you are 73 and you have just now embarked on a new career path at 73. And it's a career path that most people wouldn't think about at, uh, at 73. So tell us, what is your new career path? My new career path is uh, modeling. I wanted to be a model when I was 16, but I didn't have the look, wasn't tall enough, didn't have the moxie to go there and do, you know, I, I went to college instead and, and anyway, and became, and I'm and, and a writer and been a writer for 35, 40 years and I'm good at it and I, I love it. I love being a writer, but writing is a solo a solo endeavor. You're in your office, you're writing your book, they take two years, don't kid yourself, maybe one if you're whatever the type of book is, but you know, and it's, it's all you, it's all up to you. And um, a year or so ago, a friend I, I have said to me, you know, you wanted to model when you were 16, why don't you model now? There's a huge resurgence of silver models recalled and all that, you know, and I, but anyway, the point is, I said, okay, so it's been a, you know, it's without going into the details, I live here in Los Angeles, so it's it's an intense market, very competitive. Apparently, I'm doing very well, even though I'm not booking much at all, but I'm getting lots of what are called callbacks, and, and I'm taking classes, and I, but every class I take and everything that I do, and it's for commercial, commercial modeling, it requires a certain amount of acting and I'm not an act actress at all, but I, I've got a personality and I'm a speaker and I, you know, so I thought that would be no problem. Well, it's a whole different world. 
when I go and when I take a couple of these classes, what I'm getting at is I have talk about low lying or in your face anxiety. I mean, I go in and all of a sudden I'm back to being 10 years old and I am the new kid in town and it's not comfortable. <laughs> I'm constantly getting it wrong, not doing it. I could walk into a writing class from the very beginning. I, you know, I'm done it all, you know, like I said, and, and feel totally confident, you know, that I knew my stuff and I was as good as anybody else in the room, et cetera, et cetera. That is not the case now. And of course, in these classes, everyone is three years old, or shall I say 22, and they're all saying, oh, it's so good the way you're trying this at your age. And, you know, it's just at your age. And so it's at your age. And so, you know, <laughs> and I'm just grinning and bearing it because, because I'm 73 and baby, I'm the boss of me and I'm just not going to look like an idiot in there. I may look like I don't know how to do it. Brings me back to when I started yoga or when I started ballet or when I started horseback riding. My daughter's a wonderful rider. And when she was taking classes, there were the, or their mothers had an older woman's class and I got on a horse there. I was not very good at it, but I got over jumps and things like that, you know, and it's so I'm I'm kind of practicing what I preach right now in terms of keeping my life open, this new path I'm on. I can tell it's going well. It's maybe not going very fast. It's kind of like they say with tango or yoga, that the journey never ends. There is no end. You know, there is no end. You just keep doing it. And it's so true. Like that was that peeling the onion thing. So I'm doing that now and and so I go around, it's, I've got to work on the, you know, okay, it's a good day. No, you didn't get that job, but you got close. <laughs> oh, that one's better. The first time I sent in a self-tape audition that I felt proud of is the job I got. Mm. So I have faith in that too. And anyway, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's like that. And I like how, you know, this is something that you wanted when you were 16 and many people would say, well, that was such a long time ago. That time has passed. And you're like, you know what? No, I can step in and do this at what's probably be considered an untraditional age. (laughs) And you know that, and, and you're right back to being feeling like you're 10 years old. So you're feeling uncomfortable in it. Yeah. It's a totally new thing that you have no experience doing, but you have this willingness to try and yeah. to explore, knowing that it's really just about that journey. And you may get booked on things and you may not, but you're still in there yeah. doing it. And I, I absolutely love that. And so what advice would you give to women who are out there thinking, you know, at, at any age? You, I mean, I remember, Ruth, when I was, I think I was uh, 28. Oh. And, I, and I thought I was too old to go to graduate school. I'm like, oh, I'm too old. I, I, I wasted too much time. I took too much time off. I'm too old to go to graduate school. I mean, I just want to like shake that girl a little bit. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, and, I, and, and I never went. And so, I mean, I've been, go. I did not you go. Could go. Who That's knows? True. I'm not going to say I'm not going to do it. I was been taken onto a different trajectory, but what would you tell women, you know, now that are like, oh, I had once wanted to do this thing, but it, my time has passed. It's too late. Well, you know, yeah. And uh, it probably is too late to match that dream from 30 years ago. For instance, I'm not looking to be on the cover of Vogue, obviously, you know, I'm looking to be the woman standing behind the pet eating its kibble saying, Mikey likes it. (laughs) 
camping. Because what I also like about it is I, I working solo, the thing is modeling, I, this is, you know, it's a group endeavor. It's a collaborative endeavor. And I just want to be told where to stand. You want me to look happy or sad? Where's my outfit? Okay. You know, it, it, I turn out to have a terrible time memorizing lines like, this is the best pale white water you'd ever want to drink. And, oh, I can't get those lines to save my life. I'll, but I'll have to because somebody said, hey, you've got to learn how to memorize again. You know, mm. okay, oh, my God. But um, the advice I have is be realistic about the version of what you want to do, you know, is, and for instance, with modeling between being 16, when what I really wanted to do was be the girlfriend of a rock star, like uh, Patty Boyd was George Harrison. And I mean, it was terrible. Anyway, and I don't want to be the girlfriend of a rock star anymore, but I do want to model. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, adjust it to where you are. Be realistic. You know, along all this with this, stay happy and do this and do that, you know, be realistic and down to earth with yourself as well. Not in a bad mood, but more like how if you had that kind of mother who would say to you, hey, look, uh, you know, pull yourself together. I one time said to my mother, who was a Southerner, she had never lost her Southern accent. Someone once said to me, your mother's Southern. I mean, she had just met her. She said, she's so nice. She's so wonderful. What happened to you? <laughs> I grew up in New England. That's what happened to me. Okay. <laughs> I'm a new kid too many times. That's what happened. All right. But, um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Forget well it. You know, what I was thinking about when you were talking about just trying these new endeavors and giving advice to women and like just being able to like, don't write yourself off or your dreams off, but maybe just change the version of it mm-hmm. and know that it can be something different and still be beautiful and valuable. And I think so often, you know, when, you know, community can be so important to help remind us of this and you are a big proponent of community and the importance of having that community around you to help support you. So can you talk a little bit about the community that you surround yourself with? Yes, I can. I quit drinking at 50 and um, I had to, and I went to AA to get, I remember my therapist at the time had said to me, she said, well, I'm worried about my drinking. Well, how much do you drink? And I told her it was about half of what I actually drink. So if you, and this is just for people who have alcohol issues. There's so many people in my life who have no alcohol issues and they can drink and it's just fine. I did. And I joined AA and have never looked back. It's it's just been a wonderful community for me. I do a lot of traveling. And whenever I travel, I go to AA meetings, English speaking, French speaking, I go to meetings and that's where I've developed a whole another community of friends. Also social media, if you reach out and can reach out to the people that you really like and go meet them in person. If you can do that, do it because that's a whole nother group. All of my friends in Paris stem from my original friends. I knew there from Facebook and, you know, 23 years later, you, you see how it, it, I mean, that's the thing about being 73. Let me tell you, all of you who aren't 73 yet, when you start thinking, oh my God, I lived there for 10 years and I lived there for six years and my son is 45 and my daughter is 43. How did you get 43? Oh my God, I've lived a long time and yet it doesn't feel like it's coming to any kind of end at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like the world is, is bigger. I've lost a little bit of my travel bug from since the pandemic. 
too many times on getting on the airplane Zen mode by myself and have something go wrong. (laughs) Take a break from that for the moment. I even started to feel guilty about that though. See, this is what, you know, your self-talk, like, why don't I feel like, well, I don't feel like going to an airport. I don't feel like wearing a mask for 22 hours on a plane. I don't feel like packing my bag. You know, I don't, I don't want to do that right now. And that's okay. I'll go try and be a model and be embarrassed in every class I take right now. Thank God they're on Zoom. Well, and I love how you have created this community. Like, we know we get so lost on social media, but you've actually made connections through social media and said, I want to meet you in person. And so that it actually becomes a real life connection. And I'm a big proponent of community. I have my own women's community, uh, Waken the Divine Feminine. And like, when we come together with a shared intention, yeah, we don't, we can remember, like people can help remember, help you remind you of who you are, what your values are, what your vision for yourself is might remind you, Hey, remember you wanted to be a model when you were younger. Yeah. Why don't you try that now? And you're like, Oh, I forgot about that. Or, Hey, remember you really wanted to be a writer. Are you writing anymore? Let's write together. Yes. And it's so important women to really find your community of people that really hold your values can hold you in sp- and that's time and space when you're not being able to hold yourself. So I really appreciate you yeah. sharing that. Yeah. That's the other thing is be able to accept help. I've never been good at that. You know, as I, 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 and I, since getting sober and being in those meetings, I don't go to as many as now that I did in the beginning, but, um, or any right now, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to, I promise. I just moved to Long Beach two years ago. And I, anyway, but the thing, but I'm still very connected with my community, my original community. I and mean, we see each other socially and everything else, but is um, to just keep, I don't know. It, it just keeps getting back to that whole, try and be in a good mood today. You know, think about it, this thing. If you're so sick of it, I have a friend who's sick of her job, but she's, and she's got these other plans and, Maybe she removed the job, which she could, she could at this point, remove that from her life. Suddenly all this energy would come in to help her do the thing that she wants to do. And this is particularly directed at women my age when you're past retirement. I hate that word retirement, but I never Mm -hmm. had to worry about it because writers can't retire. You don't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ruth, I really have loved this conversation and we're like at here at the end of the show, but I loved how you wrapped it up and said, just really pay attention to your thoughts and how can you redirect them? And the key really to living and aging vivaciously is just to, you know, do that deep inner work and notice those patterns and direct them to something that is positive and uplifting and nourishing both for you and your community. And Mm -hmm. I definitely want people to be able to connect with you. And I know your online home is your name, ruthyunker.com. That's R-U-T-H-Y-U-N-K-E-R. And same name across all the board, your YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook, super easy to find you. So, Well, except on on Instagram, it's ruth.yunker because people were calling me Ruthie. So they thought my name was Unker or something. Yeah, ruth.yunker. So Thank you so much for being here and thank you all for listening and definitely reach out to Ruth. She's, you know, amazing and she's so fun to follow on Instagram as well. So until next time, my friends, many blessings and much love to each and every one of you. Thank you so much. Mm 
thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.